Welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest. This is a podcast about the intersection of our money and our personal values. So whatever keeps you up at night, whether that's homelessness or poverty, climate change, you know, today someone wrote in about shareholder activism. Whatever you're curious about, feel free to drop a note anytime to the show. The email address is spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. I'd love to do some research, provide some thoughts and some resources to help you get started on your way. So without further ado, let's get started. Here's this week's letter. I recently heard a talk by someone who was saying that shareholders can influence what a company does. But my question is, do I need to be a big time player with lots of stocks to be able to have any influence? The speaker gave the example of Engine One and said they had a tiny amount of stocks in Exxon, but I guess I just want to hear another opinion about this. Can a middle-income person really have any influence? Thanks so much for your letter. So let's definitely talk about what you've heard. <laughs> you mentioned that the speaker gave the example of Engine One. Engine One is an investment firm for listeners who may not be familiar. It's new. It's only two years old. And it was started by some rich folks who made their millions and then looked around and realized that society is broken. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not how they would describe it. I'm giving you a synopsis. So the founder is this guy named Chris James, and he used to run coal mines and, and similar businesses. Then he started to work in investment funds. And there's a story in the Wall Street Journal that I'll link where it says he's he says he's having dinner with his sons and they're like, Dad, we don't get it. You're on the board for the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, but you make money from the degradation of the earth. We don't get it. So in the article, in the interview, he says he started to give them this rambling explanation that they weren't buying. And then he himself started to wonder if he was buying it. And long story short, bada bing, bada boom, he empties out $250 million in loose change from his pockets and starts Engine One. So from the beginning, Engine One has had an impact focus. And his whole theory, Chris James, is that capitalism can be harnessed for positive change and that you need to align what your shareholders want with what the people who are actually affected by your company want. So Engine One decided that they would target Exxon. Exxon was already under some pressure to be better. And Engine One felt like one thing that would help is if they could get certain folks added to Exxon's board. So when the annual meeting came up, that's exactly what they pitched. Here are our candidates for the Exxon board and Exxon fought and got a little desperate during the meeting <laughs> and they used some Hail Mary tactics. <laughs> Maybe you saw that on CNN, but ultimately Engine One was successful. They got two out of the four candidates they pushed forward onto the board. And that matters. You know, boards can steer a company into a different direction. And actually, of all the stakeholder activism you could think of, getting people on or off the board is seen as the most powerful move to make. And Engine One was able to do this. If you hear Engine One tell it, they were able to do this shareholder activism after buying a tiny amount of shares in Exxon, 0.02%. But given how gigantic Exxon is, that 0.02% is actually 
tens of millions of dollars of stock that they originally purchased. I think it was around $40 million that they purchased, but I'll link the exact numbers if you're interested. That's astronomically bigger than the amount of shares that I would buy if I got it into my head that I wanted to be a shareholder activist. And I think unless you're a big-time investor like Chris James and just didn't disclose it in your letter, (laughs) um, you're asking if a small-time everyday investor can have an influence. And the answer is yes, but obviously your power would be multiplied if you join an organized effort. So every single shareholder gets to vote in the annual meetings. And those are, you may see some emails that you've been deleting (laughs) that you get from whatever app you use to invest. It usually says, Annual meeting is on this day. Here are three ways you can vote, a website, a phone number, um, or you can actually attend the meeting uh, virtually and vote during the meeting. And there's usually some pre-reading. They'll put together an annual report for you to review first. And then there are the issues that are up for election. The vast majority of the issues I've seen in my email are Do you agree that this person should be added to the board? Do you agree that this person should be allowed to buy a ton of stock in this company? Do you agree that this accounting firm should be hired to represent us? But as a shareholder, you're allowed to put an issue up for election at the annual meeting. They're not always about pushing the company to be a better corporate citizen. Sometimes it's about a billionaire trying to get their way. Hey, Carl. Hey, Elon. (laughs) But sometimes, and actually more and more, we're seeing shareholders put together shareholder resolutions to ask the companies to make improvements on environmental or social or governance type of concerns. As you so puts together an analysis called a proxy review of all of these shareholder resolutions that are being put forward, I'm going to put the link to the analysis they did in the show notes. They found that there has been a 20% increase in these socially responsible shareholder resolutions. And according to their analysis, there are significantly more topics around climate and racial justice specifically and political contributions. So we love to see this. And actually, they put together a list of things to know. If you want to put a proposal in front of one of the companies that you have stock invested in. So here are the steps that they outline. Step one, publicly traded companies are required by law to report to shareholders. And one way they do this is by inviting shareholders to an annual meeting. Before that annual meeting, shareholders are sent documents known as proxy statements that include details about the annual meeting, share ownership, board structure, executive compensation, and details on other issues that will be voted in at the annual meeting. So that's the first thing to know. The second thing to know is that the proxy statement is going to cover all sorts of topics that are going to come up for a vote at the annual meeting. Could be something like whether or not someone should be elected to become a director of the company. You might be asked to vote on CEO pay. And sometimes management is asking you to vote on Something more complicated like a merger or acquisition. The third thing to know, so this is where shareholders can become activists. The SEC, that's the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, allows shareholders to file proposals with companies on corporate governance, social, and environmental issues. The requirements to file a proposal are that the shareholder must own $2,000 worth of company stock and 
has held it for three years prior to the annual filing deadline. So $2,000, it's not nothing, but it is not as much as I would have thought. So as long as you have had $2,000 worth of stock in that company for three years prior to the annual meeting, you can put together a proposal to be voted on. The fourth thing to know, if you meet that criteria, you can put together a proposal. You get 500 words to present your case, and then other shareholders vote. They can mail in their vote. They can go online. They can call in their vote. They can attend the meeting live and vote at that time. The fifth thing to know, so let's say you put together a proposal, but it doesn't get enough votes at the annual meeting. That's okay because you're given some time to gather support. As long as you get 5% of the total vote that first year, you can resubmit your proposal the next year. And then you'll need to get 15% of votes that second year if you want to try again and resubmit. And then on that third year, you need to get 25% of the vote if you want to resubmit again. If you're not able to get those minimums, they make you wait three years before you can resubmit. And the last thing to know, of course, you can do this on your own, but you'll be much more likely to be successful if you're doing this with a group. So if you're interested in this, please let me know and we can do a future episode on this. By the way... Let's say you have in, well, let's say you don't have an individual stock in a company, but you still want to be an activist shareholder. Let's say you have a mutual fund that includes that company. In that case, you can't vote directly in the annual meeting, but you can contact the management of your mutual funds and ask them to vote in favor of issues about which you feel strongly. So whichever platform you're using to vote, to invest uh, get in touch with them and let them know, you know, here's how I feel. I am a, a customer of your invest investing platform, and I'd like for you to vote in this direction. So thanks for joining today's discussion. The whole discussion of being a shareholder activist kind of reminds me of that old saying that you have to have a seat at the table to change how things are done. I'm very curious to know your thoughts about this. So get in touch anytime. You can email spenddonateinvest at gmail.com or you can send a DM through Twitter at spenddonatevest because Twitter is a hater and spend, donate, invest wouldn't fit. So it's spend, donate, vest, V-E-S-T. You might have a different question about being a shareholder activist or maybe something completely different relating to your money and the type of world that you'd like to see. So please send in your questions. Please also share an episode, maybe this episode, with a friend of yours that you think would be interested or your colleagues or your family. The best way for this show to grow is word of mouth. It turns out it's not about me telling people how great the show is. <laughs> it's about listeners like you. So thank you so much for sharing episodes. Thanks to those of you who have left a review. You can do that on iTunes, of course. Uh, you can also do that on the show's website, which is spenddonateinvest.world. W-O-R-L-D. And while we're talking about the website, I'll mention one last thing, which is that if you don't want to type out your question or your topic for a future episode, you can also just leave a voicemail at the website. If you go to the homepage for this podcast, again, it's spenddonateinvest.world, W-O-R-L-D, 
you'll notice a microphone icon in the bottom right hand of the screen. If you click on that, you can leave me a voice message and avoid all that typing. So thanks so much and let's talk again soon.